chapter six of historical romance of the american negro by charles ballard this librivox recording is in the public domain great service of the colored race heroic colored women attack on fort wagner eighteenth july eighteen sixty three the ex-slaves go to school the freedmen's bureau the jubilee minstrels a long letter from mr thomas lincoln describing his life in a new orleans hospital the mississippi river and the fight at pleasant grove in the red river expedition as i stated in the last chapter recruiting went merrily on and colored men came up to the help of the lord to the help of the lord against the mighty the heavens now smiled upon the northern arms and the sun of righteousness arose upon them with healing in his wings it is glorious to think how willingly our people threw down the shovel and the hoe and advanced to meet the northern troops as they came within easy striking distance thousands and tens of thousands crossed the mountains threaded the mountain passes kept on their way day and night up the rivers and down the rivers till they beheld the union armies encamped away in the valleys and a few more willing enthusiastic bounds and they were free it was most refreshing to read the letters from the white soldiers at that time commending these colored men in every possible way they took a perfect delight in relating the thousand and one acts of kindness and sympathy that colored men and women performed towards countless union men in times of distress disaster and danger how they secreted them how they fed them gave them rest and shelter and how faithfully and skillfully they guided the armies on their way and even piloted the union boats in safety up and down the rivers of the south never were fidelity and devotion more marked since the world began and it was downright pleasant to read the letters from the seat of war and see how these good deeds of the african were appreciated by the anglo-saxons skins may differ but affection dwells in white and black the same and although old massa and old missus did their best to keep lincoln's proclamation from the knowledge of the slaves somehow or other the truth became known in fact it seemed to be carried on the wings of the wind and now all prayed more and more fervently that the lord would send freedom it would be a pleasure for me to relate the deeds of devotion recorded of our people in behalf of the cause of god of liberty there are two acts those of heroic women that i must not omit we have all heard of general john morgan the kentucky guerrilla chief who led a raid into ohio and worked so much wanton mischief on a union people and the union in the southern cause we caught and imprisoned him in ohio but he escaped and took to his tricks again and was more fleet and harder to catch than a long-legged greyhound at last he was located one night in a far-away town or village of the south and the nearest union troops lay about twenty miles away 
this devoted colored woman lost not a moment of time but steered for the distant camp gave them the most particular information so that they rose at once and upon arriving at john morgan's rendezvous they woke him up and once for all put an end to his dreadful raidings on the unionists i must next mention the case of a colored woman in georgia when general sherman came riding through the woods on his famous march from atlanta to the sea this woman was a regular heroine a mother in israel and one who would have made a second deborah with a host of men women and children at her back all of whom the war had set free this woman advanced upon the path of the troops and having introduced herself to general sherman and his men gave glory to god and to the union armies whom the god of hosts had there and then sent forth her language was worthy of a shakespeare on that day when deborah and miriam and joan of arc and all the other heroines of history shall be gathered together in the palace of god i feel certain that this colored deborah this mother in israel will be among them when the lord of heaven and earth makes up his jewels where all did so well it would be in vain to single out any one regiment that distinguished itself more than another at the same time there were certain regiments that attracted a great deal of attention to themselves because they were the first ones to break the spell as to whether colored men would fight like white men and thus render effective service in the war and such men were the colored troops that had been well drilled and sent down from massachusetts to south carolina and who lent a hand in the investment of charleston it was on the eighteenth of july eighteen sixty three when a general bombardment of both land and sea forces at once made a high-handed attempt to carry fort wagner a rebel fort which lay on the narrowest part of a mere strip of sandy land called morris island washed by the ocean on one side and approachable by low swampy marshes in the rear the entire morning and middle of the day had been spent in bombarding the place till at last the extemporized fort composed of timber and stone and sand seemed to have crumbled away for as the day wore away the rebels ceased entirely to reply to the land and sea forces and the federal troops were under the impression that the place was abandoned altogether or at least destroyed past all hope of remedy for the present the union forces clamored loudly for an advance upon the fort and to occupy the place once for all after some hesitation the commanders assented to their wishes and it was decided to advance just as the darkness of the night was setting in on that long july day alas alas it was a fatal resolution for the rebels had been busy all the afternoon and early night making swift preparations to give our men a terrible reception by the time that darkness had fully set in fort wagner was almost as good as ever although it had such a terrible knocking about all the early hours of the day the southern engineers were so clever and their men had wrought with such a will that it needed the bravest of the brave to fight with them but as far as that was concerned we were all about even-handed when we had a fair field four thousand men therefore advanced along the sands of morris island with the intention of investing and clearing out the fort of its defenders if there were any of them there the colored massachusetts troops led the way and so they all advanced along the sands the white sands that had been lately been washed by the ocean everything was as still as a stone till they came to a ditch 
when a fearful tempest of shot from the cannon and musket assailed them and the assailants were mowed down like grass before the scythe still our troops bravely advanced across the ditch climbed up the bank and pushed forward right into the fort slaughtering the gunners and clearing a path before them but all this time our brave men were being mowed down in rows many jumped into the fort and had to surrender there because indeed they could neither advance nor retreat being caught in a perfect trap thus we lost about half of our men in killed wounded and prisoners and had to retreat in the best way we were able it was a dreadful defeat that the union forces sustained but the colored troops had the honor of leading all the rest and the foolish idea that colored men would not fight received another complete quietus and their bravery was published in all the papers from one end of the union to the other we now come to the glorious subject of education that which lifts up any nation from the bottom and places it among the kings and queens of the world the colored men and women of the south before who could read and write were like angel visits few and far between you might search the whole day long and not find one who could sign his name but the government records show that in the year eighteen seventy only five years after the close of the war taking the entire population of the united states in the aggregate there were two tenths which is twenty per cent who could read and write here indeed was one of the signs of the times with a vengeance surely the colored race must have a great natural thirst for knowledge in the year eighteen eighty that is fifteen years after freedom came three-tenths which is thirty per cent of the whole population could read and write and in eighteen hundred or twenty-five years after the end of the war forty-three of every hundred in other words forty-three per cent of the colored population of the united states could read and write being ten years and over of age at that time that i am writing my book that is the year of grace eighteen ninety seven inasmuch as the increase is going bravely on from day to day i have no hesitation in saying that fifty per cent that is one half of the entire colored population of the united states north and south included and as usual in such government statistics ten years of age and over are able to read and write at least and there are hundreds of thousands of them who can do a hundred times more now since adam and eve walked hand in hand on the enchanting grounds of paradise i would like to know where the people can be found who ever came out of such cimmerian darkness who ever progressed at such a rate as this the present march of education among the colored race far surpasses the march of the whites since freedom came and it still keeps ahead of them at the present time of writing indeed in some parts of the fair and sunny south we are in lead our white brethren and it is quite superfluous for me to say that whoever are in the lead in education are the more intelligent of the two be they black or white behold the stupid-looking and ignorant hordes of italians poles bohemians chinese and others who are dumped down in shiploads upon our shores even at home in their own lands they are very little more than dumb driven cattle how much more than must their stupidity appear in full blaze of daylight in a highly intelligent nation like this it is like comparing the feeble light of midnight under the stars alone with the full blaze of a day when the sun is shining at twelve at noon 
shall we of the colored race who may now safely count on fifty per cent of the entire population who can read and write compare ourselves with the immigrants like these or even with spaniard or portuguese turks or greeks who have had the opportunities of acquiring education for hundreds of years while we who were set free only thirty-two years ago have produced men and women who have stood in honor before presidents and kings and proved that we are able to climb to the topmost rounds of the ladder that almighty god himself has set up no indeed men and brethren we are not going to come down and compare ourselves with any such persons that won't do at all as fast as ever the northern armies cleared the way benevolent and devoted teachers sent down by the different churches followed and imparted to those who had never had a chance before the elements of english education teaching them to read write and figure and many other useful things besides that accompany civilization and enlightenment the american mission association took the lead but the different churches and societies sent down their full quotas and those volunteer teachers did a splendid and most devoted work and yet there was some risk to run in this business now being tried for the first time because the war was still going on and sometimes the southern arms regained the territory they had lost which brought the teachers into danger on one hand and the colored people on the other it had always been the policy of the southern lawmakers to keep the slaves in darkness and even the rank and file of the white people themselves were purposely kept in a condition little better than the slaves the planters kept teachers in their own grand halls or sent their sons and daughters away from home for education it was made a crime for a slave to be found with a book in his possession or for anybody to teach him whether he was white or a free person of color a white man taught even the celebrated bishop daniel e payne in a cellar at charleston south carolina of which city the bishop was a native in short the laws of slavery warred upon nature and even on god himself the whole system was a system of murder robbery and adultery every human right was broken down but as the northern armies cleared the way the teachers and the co and their colored pupils rushed in at once on the third of march eighteen sixty five congress launched the freedmen's bureau upon the country for the purpose of assisting the freedmen in any and every way just as soon as they were set free from slavery and required the help of the national government the freedmen's bureau took education under its fostering care and did a good work during the few years that it lasted eighteen sixty five to eighteen seventy two the devoted teachers from the north had even begun to follow the very armies themselves as early as the year eighteen sixty two and we find them then on the lower mississippi the colored soldiers took to their lessons well and owing to their great thirst for learning they learned with an eagerness and rapidity that filled their willing teachers with the greatest surprise and throughout the freed zones did not only young girls and boys thus drink in yea literally swallow up instruction but smart men and women sixty and seventy years of age and over learn to write read spell and cipher with a gusto and an enthusiasm that was most inspiring arise shine forth for the light has come and the glory of the lord has risen upon thee 
thus saith the prophet and it was now fulfilled what a treat to be sure for men and women thus to learn to read the mighty word of god many of them in their old age verily the ways of the lord are wonderful and past finding out much hardship was experienced at first in finding suitable buildings in which to teach the people and many a church and schoolhouse were burned to the ground both during the war and the first years that followed the entire collapse of the peculiar institution but that has not stopped the triumphal march of the education of the colored race for who indeed could stop the waves of the ocean it is indeed a joyous thing to look around us at this time and behold even now how high the sun has ascended in the heavens if we have advanced so much in thirty-two years how much farther shall we be in thirty-two more behold all the schools colleges and places of learning of every name and nature thrown open in hundreds to our young people both male and female what a glorious array of splendid seminaries all over the great republic besides hundreds belonging to the whites to which we can obtain admission it is true that there are others still barred against us on account of the prejudice still obtaining here and there owing to the color of the skin but that will give way in due time for there is nothing incapable of change but the great creator himself by way of illustrating the results of the great civil war let us look back a little over twenty years when fisk university at nashville tennessee sent forth miss ella shepherd and the rest of the jubilee minstrels to astonish the north with what even those who had been in slavery could do when once their god-given talents were brought to the front for the benefit of fisk university they sang an immense sum of money out of the country and covered themselves with unfading glory for all coming time and where would those poor girls have been if it had not been for their own fathers who assisted white men in the war to knock off the chains of slavery why to be sure instead of being the jubilee minstrels in the north they would have been toiling among the cotton the sugar-cane and the rice-fields of the south wearing their young lives away down there but the glories of the jubilee singers were by no means over more money was still needed and those devoted people again took to the road and this time with most laudable ambition they even crossed the north atlantic and sang with the most abundant success before the crowned heads and grandees of europe these crowned heads and grandees knew full well that if it had not been for the war for freedom and the union the singers would at this time have been in the cane the cotton and the rice fields singing away down in egypt's land we have gained the victory away down in egypt's land we have gained the day o oh, children ain't you glad the sea gave away when moses smote the waters the children all passed over o oh, glory hallelujah for we have gained the day o oh, children ain't you glad that moses smote the waters o oh, children ain't you glad the sea gave away the jubilee singers did sing the above song and many others before the rich and great and the general population of the british isles and continental europe but it was to let them hear what slaves used to sing before the war to while away the time before uncle sam came down from the north to set them all free in doing which he was assisted by two hundred thousand colored men or more such are the fruits of war i here append a letter i received from tom at new orleans whither he had been carried and placed in the hospital on account of a wound he had received in a skirmish with some of the rebel forces on the lower mississippi at the hospital new orleans louisiana december eighteen sixty four my dear beulah i dare say that you and the children are looking for a letter from me once more 
i duly received your own nice kind and most welcome letters with all the sweet home news and i can assure you that they did me an immense deal of good whilst being confined here with my wound i am however doing very well indeed and in a short time expect to be discharged and in the ranks once more it is impossible for me to tell you of the kindness and attention of these doctors and nurses in this hospital it is really most astonishing to see strangers so kind we are all loud in the praises of these good people who are taking the best care in the world of us when we are so far from home and from our loved ones nobody knows how much good there is in the world until he comes across good strangers like these of course there is always plenty of evil in it too but it is at least a very great compensation to come across so much love and kindness among such strange people we never looked for anything better than cuffs and blows although i was not in the very best mood as i was brought down to new orleans to enjoy the sights all around me still i was tremendously impressed with the majesty and immensity of the ever-glorious mississippi well to be sure to be sure what a grand factor of our national greatness is the mississippi i don't wonder at yourself and mrs john b sutherland always making such a fuss over our glorious river indeed too much can never be spoken in its praise and above all of the great creator who made it i have seen plenty of the father of waters before on many a long day as i went sweeping past the forts where i was located further up the river but as we came on it received so many and such large rivers into its swollen waters till it was more like a sea than a river and although level and destitute of beautiful banks like the ohio it had ever an increasing majesty and grandeur about it that mightily impressed all who beheld it i don't wonder at uncle sam fighting so hard for the restoration of the union such a river as the mississippi alone if there were no other is the very joy and glory of the united states but i shall have more to tell you about these things at another time and i hope to be able to do so by word of mouth when the war is over i very much regret to inform you that several of my wounded comrades have died since we were all brought into the hospital though the most part of them in common with myself have recovered and we now all desire to go back to war as soon as we are well i have had a good deal of conversation with a soldier who served in the red river campaign under general banks and where the rebels numbered three to our one in that campaign we were unsuccessful for they defeated our forces day after day we were about ten thousand in number as we fled before such overwhelming odds it was at this crisis that the black soldier proved himself such a very present help in the time of trouble if it had not been for dickey's colored troops there would have been a regular slaughter of the union forces at pleasant grove these colored soldiers were attached to the first division of the nineteenth corps our army under general banks had been beaten both days at sabine cross roads below mansfield and they drove us for several hours before them towards pleasant grove and yet the ardor and spirit of the combined union forces under banks and franklin could not have been much higher but for all that it was quite evident that unless the rebels could be checked by the time we were pushed back to pleasant grove all would be lost so general emory prepared for the coming crisis on the western edge of a wood which had an open field before it that sloped down towards mansfield it was at this point that general dwight formed a brigade of the colored troops right across the road in the face of the rebels who came rushing and hurrahing on driving our ten thousand men before them they were charging at double quick time but the black brigade reserved their fire till the exultant rebels were close at hand when they all poured a deadly volley into them arresting them at once and covered the ground with their dead and wounded 
now a regular fight came on which lasted an hour and a half and only ceased even then because darkness put an end to the terrible combat the foe made one charge after another and as he had plenty of men he thought he would wear us out at last but the black soldiers and general emory's brigade successfully repulsed them every time and thus saved the union army from being destroyed nor was this the only time that our own troops met the rebels in the red river campaign and defied both them and their repeated threats of the black flag for they always said that they would not treat a black man like a white man if the former fell alive into their hands they said they would treat him like a wild beast and not like a human being at all no doubt but that was done to keep our soldiers from fighting for freedom and the union but the threat most signally failed because our brave men cared not a straw for their black flag indeed the threats and even the practices of the rebels in destroying some of our prisoners whom they took in the beginning contributed a great deal in bringing about the downfall of the rebel powers at least up to the present time and will no doubt contribute more and more till the last rebel lays down his arms although a war proclamation has been issued that we will shoot our rebel prisoners if they kill any of our men i am unable to say what general effect it has had so far i only know that none of the men who have fallen alive into their hands have ever since been heard of and i fear the worst but of one thing i am sure and that is that the black soldier so far has done as good fighting as the white soldiers and is either won or been defeated with the latter on many a hard-fought field he has had his full share in disaster and victory alike and thus he will still assist in pulling down this terrible rebellion but i must lay down my pen with much love to yourself and all i am your most affectionate thomas End of chapter six